Man, when I heard Dion today in the production room singing the praises of Mule Shoe, I, uh, I nearly got sick to my stomach. Uh, but I'm all right. I am all right. And uh, uh, you may have heard the soundbite of the Plank Show. We'll play that uh, maybe, I think, second segment today. But uh, we'll leave that to the petty people. I'm not petty one bit at all. <laughs> but uh, it was very, uh, he was acting like Mule Shoe was the greatest gift of coaching ever. I'm like, this dude is a lying narcissist. Okay, I'll give you an offensive guru. But don't paint him out like he's freaking Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick or somebody. I mean, geez, it was sickening. Absolutely sickening. Did you hear the soundbite, by the way? No, I have not yet heard the soundbite. All right. Well, we'll have you react to it second segment. But uh, okay. here at Caven's Group, you know, if you can hang around people who are the best at what they do, that's always great. Like, see, I get to I get to hang around Parker Thune. He's the best at what he does, right? Well, same situation here at Caven's Group. Disaster response. They are the best. They set the standard. They are the leaders in the industry. Been in business now for 13 years in business. Gary and the crew here, they've got a great reputation. Everybody loves them because they do what they promise to do, and they do it better than everybody else. So always happy to be here at Cabin's Group. We'll uh, hear from Gary about 1 o'clock today. By the way, did find out today we are going to have Mr. Silver Shoes himself, Joe Washington, on with us. Another big uh, cigar event at Cohiba Lounge coming up this weekend we'll tell you about. Uh, little Joe will join us at 12.35 in the program tomorrow, turning 70 years old. Joe Washington. So the silver shoes have probably turned into silver slippers. But we'll talk to uh, Joe Washington uh, tomorrow, and that will be at uh, 12.35 right here on the program. We'll both be out and about for an OEC Fiber Football Friday. But always happy to be here at Cavens Group. They are the best. And, again, uh, the numbers, I say program these into your phone because you never know when you're going to encounter an emergency or a disaster. And that that's like your bullpen call to Cavens and Mariano Rivera coming out of the bullpen. All right? 405-573-3048 in the Oklahoma City metro area in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And then they're a toll-free number. They serve all of Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, and Arkansas. Their toll-free number, 800-594-4437. Check them out online at cavensgroup.com. All right, before we uh, – I want to play a clip from Joel Klatt and react to it, talking about where Oklahoma is right now, uh, four games into the season at 4-0. and But uh, Terry Bussey, decision day – about 3.30-ish, we think, today for Terry Bussey, the five-star out of the state of Texas. And, uh, Parker, you said yesterday, again, it's A&M in Oklahoma, maybe A&M in a slight lead heading into this decision today. Where do you stand right now? Yeah, look, Steely, it's been <laughs> it's been an interesting week to this point. In fact, I'm very bummed because I just missed basically all of Toby Rowland's 50th birthday lunch because I've been busy with a variety of things this morning, primarily running down stuff on Terry Bussey as we get closer and closer to his decision this afternoon. Now, look, I am not in the business of driving up hope for guys that Oklahoma is in all likelihood not going to end up with. For instance, Jordan Seaton. When that official visit came off the schedule last night, nobody that listened to this program, I would hope, was all that surprised because... OU was nothing more than a fringe contender at best. In fact, I said on these airwaves yesterday, Bill Biedenboe could 
get a written notarized contract in blood promising Jordan Seaton an Outland trophy at the University of Oklahoma, and it still might be enough. It might not be enough to get that kid committed. So, look, if there's a kid that Oklahoma is just simply not ending up with, I'm not going to try to sell you on the Sooners having a shot with him. But the Sooners have and do have a shot with Terry Bussey heading into this decision today. And the word this morning, and I've been touching base with sources as recently as the last few minutes, the word across the board is that nobody has been informed of Bussey's decision, which suggests that it is indeed going down to the wire and there are some final conversations happening. I know the OU staff was on the phone with Bussey last night kind of making their final overtures, so these conversations are ongoing. It's OU and A&M. Those are the two programs that are battling it out for the five-star athlete out of East Texas. And talking to a really good source, the one I would consider my best on Bussy's side of things in this recruitment, I was told yesterday, look, the kid's going back and forth between OU and A&M, and there's no real clear indication of which way this thing's going to swing. Now, because he is an East Texas kid, and there is kind of a pipeline from that region to Texas A&M, He's got buddies committed to the Aggies. A&M was early to the table with an offer. And he's a kid who values proximity and doesn't want to be too far removed from home. I mean, you look at his final contenders. Alabama is the farthest school geographically from his home in Timpson. And even Alabama wouldn't be much more than a six-hour drive, I imagine, uh, just off the top of my head. But when you look at all those factors – there's a reason why A&M has been considered the leader and been considered the safe bet for quite some time. But what have we been saying for three going on four months now? If there was a school, if there is a school that's going to pull Bussy away from the Aggies, it's going to be Oklahoma behind the phenomenal recruiting efforts of Emmett Jones. So look, I don't know where the kid picks this afternoon, at least not yet. Uh, put a gun to my head, I'd tell you it's probably Texas A&M. But the Sooners, first off, are in way better position as we get ready to close this thing out than I imagined they would be six months ago. I did not figure OU would make the final five, let alone the final two, for Terry Bussey. And so it's it's a major credit to Emmett Jones and the way that he's established a relationship with Bussy and the folks in his circle and convinced him that there is a future for him at Oklahoma that goes beyond the football field. The sole mission has been big. I, again, he's probably, I would say, the likelihood is that he's an Aggie this afternoon. But again, the very fact that no staffs have been informed of a decision leads you to believe that there's a lot more to this Oklahoma buzz than most realize right now because the narrative across social media has been, well, the kid's just going to end up at A&M. No, you know what? Trust me. If A&M were that easy of a pick for the kid, we'd know by now that that's where this is headed this afternoon. Yeah, you'd see uh, future cast, crystal balls everywhere. Uh, yeah, you're right. And what's interesting today is we're going to find out Emmett Jones is a very powerful man. He's been a great hire. I believe he has superhero-type recruiting prowess. Now, what a battle against maybe the biggest boss in all of the recruiting game, the A&M NIL monster versus Emmett Jones today. 
You know, and that's like the last part of a great video game, and you've got to beat the most powerful monster maybe in in the recruiting world. You know, who do you got? Who do you have? Emmett Jones or the A and M NIL monster? And uh, we'll find out uh, today. But I think proximity, as you mentioned, will be uh, something also very much involved. Well, uh, like you said, a lot of those kids in that region go to uh, mostly A and M, some to LSU, right? Yeah. Well, and another thing too is, I I was told by a very good source on the bus recruitment yesterday that this is not a kid that's ever inquired about NIL, not a single time. That's not what he's about. However. What you also must consider is that just because the kid's not about NIL doesn't mean Parents. NIL won't yeah. have a role in yeah. this decision. You found this out the hard way in August. Yeah, and, and you see that, you know, parents, uh, other family members, you know, if they get involved and, uh, you know, how much of a sway they might have with the kid, we'll see. We'll see. And, again, you know, it's easy to say, well, if it's A&M, it's NIL, of course, and, and that's kind of the low-hanging fruit. But it has been the case with a couple of kids that the Sooners have lost out to A&M over. And uh, while Oklahoma's had a good record against other schools, uh, Miami comes to mind uh, right off the bat in terms of national uh, or teams outside their conference, but uh, not so great versus Texas A&M. Maybe that changes today. We'll find out. Uh, it's going to be around 3.30 today. And, uh, you know, when you think about the big gets in this recruiting class, David Stone was the one that we talked about, the cornerstone, so to speak. You really had to get that kid, getting Taylor Tatum and denying Muleshoe a victory, getting the number one uh, running back in the country uh, was big. But this is going to be right there. This is going to be right there. In terms of a surprise, though, this would be number one, right? I'm not I saying mean, that, yeah, it's bigger than David Stone, but in terms of a surprise, when you weren't expecting to get a five-star, and if you do get Terry Bussey today, it's got to be number one, Well, surprise-wise. It feels like every single cycle, you get at least a couple of those towards the end. Five stars that pick a surprising destination that nobody was really banking on. I think about Josh Connerly going to Oregon a couple years ago. Uh, Travis Hunter going to Jackson State. That might be the shining example. That type of decision has never once worked in Oklahoma's favor. Never once has Oklahoma been able to pull a five-star towards the end of the cycle that you weren't expecting. Everybody figured... At least if you were listening to the right people, you knew Peyton Bowen was coming home to Oklahoma. It was just a matter of when and how. But as far as a true surprise from the five-star ranks, it's never really happened for Oklahoma. Yeah, it would be it would be big. And again, if the Sooners pull this off today, I believe we need to get in touch with the sculptor and get the statue of Emmett Jones ready. Where would we put the Emmett Jones statue right now? I mean... If he's able to land Terry Bussey today, I I don't know, uh, somewhere around the stadium, but that would be big. He would solidify, like, the KREF Recruiter of the Year honors. Uh, it would be a runaway. It would be an absolute runaway. All right, we're here at Cavens Group. Always love being out here online at CavensGroup.com. Cavens Group on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Duke, the Wonder Dog, is not here today. But uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Might be a hamstring injury for Duke. I hope not. Oof. I hope not. We'll see. But um, we've got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, by the way, I want to thank our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They do great work. Tim Lasher, big-time Sooner, big-time company, another company with a great reputation, 405 405- 
579-3113 for Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, let's break. Uh, let's hear the Joel Klatt thought on the Sooners. Is Oklahoma in the mix of teams that could win a national championship? We will hear what Joel Klatt has to say coming up next here on The Ref. Back with you, it is another great week at Riverwind Casino, and uh, the weekends are always great out at Riverwind. They are simply the best. The 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings, final uh, stage of those drawings happening this weekend. And again, get out there, win your share of $50,000 in cash and bonus play. They've got some great promotions on the way for October that are going to be unbelievable. We've got concerts happening, of course, uh, October. Concerts look great. Showplace Theater, October 6th, Foreigner on their Greatest Hits Tour. Then you have uh, Carly Pierce, October 14th, Outdoors for one more Beats and Bites show on the uh, Coupale Works Beats and Bites stage, October 22nd. Uh, with the Gin Blossoms and Tonic, that'll be a great show. The weather should be tremendous for that outdoor show. Uh, again, with the food trucks everywhere, games for the kids, arts and crafts, you name it, they have it. Great uh, beer from Coop Ale Works. It's all happening October 22nd in a fall Beats and Bites show outdoors at Riverwind Casino. Rodney Carrington uh, in October. In November, we have Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Justin Moore. December features Lee Bryce. January, Boys to Men. Joe Coy also on the docket at the Showplace Theater. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right. Are the Oklahoma Sooners among the best? They're 4-0. Defense clearly improved. Uh, the offense, there have been some good things there. The running game hasn't been great. But, again, uh, Dylan Gabriel's numbers are fantastic. This looks like an improved football team. Joel Klatt talking about real national championship contenders. Who's above that line? Looks like a real contender right now. And who isn't? Joe Klatt said yesterday that Oklahoma is just below the national championship contender line. Second team uh, in this group, OU. OU, I saw them last week. I was impressed with a lot of things. They were kind of the next team in, in consideration. The defense has been really good so far this year. And that was the question coming in. Remember, this is a team that gave up over 30 points a game and over 450 yards a game last year. Not good. And so they have to improve. And while the statistics suggest that their defense is much better, like we still have to wait and see. I still don't feel like they've played a great offense. And there were times during that game against Cincinnati when I felt like, boy, the Bearcats are a couple of mistakes away from having the lead in this game. Offensively, I like what Oklahoma does. I think that their wide receivers are their best players. I believe that their offensive line has to get better running the football. They need to find a running back that will emerge as their guy in the backfield to allow for the timing and the rhythm of the run game to really reach its um, uh, potential. And then I think that their quarterback, you know, I don't think he's got the highest ceiling in the world. I like Dylan Gabriel. He gets the ball out quickly. But when it comes to utilizing the weapons on the outside, those big wide receivers, he needs to show me that he can attack downfield with more efficiency than what he has over the last couple of years. So that's why OU fell just below the line for me. All right, Parker Thune, what do you think of uh, Joel Klatt's assessment there? I think it's fair. 
I think Clad is generally a pretty straight shooter, and I think a lot of the things he said hold up. I mean, you look at that game. Yes, absolutely. There were times on into the second half even. There were times in the second half of that game where I felt the exact same thing, which is to say that Cincinnati was just a play here, a play there, away from having the lead in the football game. So offensively, Oklahoma had their struggles against the Bearcats, and that was definitely the best team that they've faced so far. The defense has looked really good, undoubtedly. And, yeah, you can add the caveat that they haven't really played anybody yet if you want to do that. But, shoot, the Sooners' defense struggled in 2022 against offenses that weren't very good. So the fact that they have dominated the offenses that they have played so far speaks to the growth that we've seen. I think once this offense truly gets clicking, and obviously it is not there yet, but I think it will get there, especially as the running game comes around. I think once this offense gets clicking for real, we are going to start to talk about Oklahoma as a team that can make a run to the college football playoff, especially if they can get past Texas. Now, look, if you don't beat Texas, if you go to the Cotton Bowl next weekend and the Longhorns come out on top, guess what? If you handle your business, you're going to get another shot at them in Arlington in December. So, Let's say Oklahoma starts off 5-0. and Let's say they beat Iowa State. And then let's say it all comes crashing down and they suffer the first loss of the season against Texas. Gosh, it's not – I know certain fans will treat it this way because they're fans. That's what they do. But it's not all of a sudden, oh, that's the end of the line. This Oklahoma team isn't what we all hoped they would be. And they don't – they can't live up to the national championship – expectations that have been established over the course of decades at the University of Oklahoma, and they're not going to have a chance of going to the college football playoff. No, one loss, especially loss to a team as talented as Texas, does not sink your season because from there, if you take the lessons you learn, you apply them, you fix stuff in the film room, you fix stuff on the practice field, well, you got six more regular season games ahead of you, that again, if you take care of business and you win the games you ought to win, you will get another shot at Texas. And the one and only time Oklahoma got a second shot at Texas in Arlington, man, they took full advantage. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Joe Klatt had 10 teams, what he called above the line right now. Okay. Of teams that could win the national championship. You want to take a shot at those 10? Okay. Let me, let me run this down here. Ten teams that were above the line that he considers right now. I look at these teams, and yes, they are national championship quality. He had Oklahoma just below the line. Let's start with the obvious ones here. Georgia. Yep. USC. Yep. Texas. Yep. Penn State. Yes. Washington. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say Florida State. Yes. They just they just uh, were able to squeak in there. Yes. Okay. I did Alabama make the cut? I'm gonna say Alabama. Alabama did not make the cut. Really? They're the same same group with Oklahoma. Really? I'll tell you okay. who's below. There were five below the line: Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, and Washington State were five teams below the line. So you've okay. got you've got two teams in one league that are sticking out right at you that you haven't named yet uh, that are above the line. Okay. Um. Uh. Gosh, let me think. We I, so I've already got the Pac-12. USC and Washington. Texas has to be the Big 12's only representative. The Big 10, okay, there you go. You got Ohio State. That would be one of them. 
Yep. And I, I already mentioned Penn State. Yep. That team in maize and blue. Oh, Michigan. There you go. Yes. Yeah, that's the one I was overlooking. Now, and that's got to be about the whole list, right? Is there any? He had, you got eight of the ten. He had ten teams above the line. Oregon and yep. Utah. There you go. That's okay. it. And he said Utah, particularly because of the return of Cam Rising, he's coming back, and he really likes them defensively. And they haven't been too bad at quarterback uh, without Cameron Rising. But he's, he's definitely the leader of that football team. So he had Georgia. Washington, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, USC, Utah, and Florida State as his 10 teams above the line that he thinks are legit. They look like national championship contenders right now. And he had five what he called below the line that are really close, including Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU, and Washington State. So there you go. Uh Concern level for the Sooners being flat in this game against Iowa State, where are you at there? Are you concerned? I would say it's a low level of concern. Not a non-existent level of concern, but a pretty low level of concern. And that's just gauging off of the conversations that we've gotten to have with players after practice thus far this week. And I, you know, one of the questions that I've repeatedly asked of some of the players is, hey, Does it get hard the week before Texas not to look past whoever your opponent might be at Texas? And the word has been, yeah, you know what? It's sure it's a struggle, but at the end of the day, it makes it a lot easier. And we talked about this earlier in the week as well, Steely. It makes it easier not to look past a team when a, you have a coaching staff that impresses upon the players that the mission every week is just to go one and oh, and you, you don't look past any opponent because that doesn't, I mean, that does you a disservice. But also, when you have a team like Iowa State that has given you such tough battles, whether in Norman or in Ames, year after year after year, well, even if they look like they're poised for a down year in 2023, you know that based on some of the challenges that they've presented, even when they weren't as talented as you on paper, you know that you can't afford to mail it in against a program like this. I feel kind of the same way you do, and I think a lot of that is because I believe this staff is better suited to uh, to handle that situation more so than the previous head coach. So uh, we'll see. Iowa State, you know, has been a thorn in Oklahoma's side. They weren't last year, uh, and clearly they've had the gambling scandal and all that stuff. No Hunter Deckers. Uh, we'll see if Rocco can become a new hero for uh, Iowa State. I seriously doubt it. I think Oklahoma – Handles their business coming up Saturday night. Probably right around the spread, maybe a little bit more, but we'll see. All right, break time right here. I'm at Cavens Group here every Thursday. Love being out here online again at CavensGroup.com on all the social media at Cavens Group. When we get back, Coach Prime loves him some mule shoe. Oh, it's hard to listen to, but we'll have it for you when we get back right here on the ref. Here at Cavens Group, they are the best at what they do. Emergency response, you know, emergency cleanup, they are the best. And once again, uh, if they had, uh, you know, the AP rankings for uh, disaster response teams, and uh, Cavens would be number one every week. 13 years in business, they give back to the community. Gary and the crew here have a great reputation. Uh, Chris, uh, who handles the roofing here also, 
Great guy, knew him from Norman High School, year older than me, year wiser than me, probably about 10 years wiser than me. But uh, great dude as well. They're just uh, tremendous at what they do. And, uh, again, they win all kinds of awards. Everybody in the community loves Cabins because they deliver on what they promise and they give back. So online at cabinsgroup.com. And, again, uh, in the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa. 918-282-7612. And uh, they service all of Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, and Arkansas. They do have a toll-free number now, 800-594-4437. Cavens, they are the best at what they do. No doubt about it. All right, Deion Sanders and the Buffaloes got a little wake-up call at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon uh, last week. They, they, They got their, you know, what's kicked. And it was bad, really bad. Now they have to turn around and play a USC team with the best quarterback in the country and a prolific offense and an Alex Grinch defense. That's gotten a little a little bit better. But Deion Sanders, I'm thinking, I wonder if Deion had anything to say about Caleb Williams or Lincoln Riley. So I thought, I'm going to check out Deion's presser, see if we can get some audio. And less than a minute into his presser, he was singing – the praises of Mule Shoe. Here it is. I have the utmost respect and love and appreciation for their head coach. This is a bona fide winner, not just a winner, a man who has put a plethora of young men into college, and uh, they care about the character of the men. And I've been watching his journey because I was lived in Texas for a while. So I'm a, you know, Barry Switzer is one of my great guys. So just watching his climb from there and what he did for that program and then going out to uh, California, what he's doing for USC is commendable. I got love, respect, and appreciation for everything that he's accomplishing. He is one of the upper-tier coaches, and I, uh, I admire him tremendously and his staff. Dion uh, kind of uh, ran into his press conference, like from the field, so he was a little bit out of breath. But what's your take right there on what uh, Prime Coach Prime said about Muleshoe? I mean, it, okay, it, inconvenient truth for a lot of Sooner fans. Yes, Lincoln Riley is one of the upper tier coaches in college football. Uh, I, I frankly, I, I don't know what you were expecting, Steely, but I, I was expecting some bulletin board material somewhere along the way. I didn't know if that was going to come from Deion Sanders in. The lead up to this football game, I didn't know if that was going to come from maybe some of the Colorado players, some of the USC players, or even Muleshoe himself. But it's been a surprisingly quiet week given how much, well, I suppose just how much ink has been spilled before pretty much every single Colorado game thus far this year about their back and forths with their upcoming opponent. Yeah, and look, we've said, even when uh, Mielsu left, look, USC's a sleeping giant. He is a great offensive mind. He has run dynamic offenses. Yeah, they sputtered here and there against some teams. It was all about the toughness, how physical they were, and about, I don't know, just kind of his uh, demeanor with the media and then, you know, how he handled the exit. That's why Oklahoma fans were upset. And, again, we've said this a million times. There's no perfect way to handle that exit. But if you can handle it 
any worse? I don't know. Um, but he, he almost sounded like he made him this upstanding, like, dude, what a leader of men. I'm like, seriously? This guy is paranoid. He's a liar. And uh, he's not a great people person. Now, I'm sure there's some people around Norman. I think he probably, my guess, had a pretty good relationship with Barry Switzer, would be my guess. I, my guess is he was probably showing him some plays. You know, Coach Switzer could get at Othello's and draw the plays up and talk about offense and all that stuff. I'm sure that happened with Lincoln Riley. And uh, Lincoln Riley, I'm sure, had great respect for Coach Switzer. And I think if you saw some of Coach Switzer's comments, you know, where he was talking about what, what's he supposed to do? You know, how do you exit from that situation? Um, and, and I do think I can remember Deion Sanders when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl with Coach Switzer, you know, yelling at people, when are we going to get some respect for our coach? You know, so he was clearly very tight with Barry Switzer. My problem with Muleshoe is, okay, if you're in his inner circle, he's probably a great dude. But if you weren't in that inner circle, I didn't like, you know, the people skills. It started to become a little bit of arrogance, in my opinion, and uh, I just didn't like the exit. But Dion. You know, I, I do recall, again, that he was a big Barry Switzer guy, liked playing for him, loved Barry Switzer, and maybe that's some of why he's praising Yoshu so much. I mean, if you're going to tell me that he's a really good offensive coach, there's no there's no argument. Uh, it's just some of the other stuff. Blue from you know. the 918 on the text line says, I'm calling BS on Dion's praise for Yoshu. Coach, speak. He does love Switzer, but I'm calling BS on the Muleshoe love. Triple middle fingers to Muleshoe. <laughs> well, do you think maybe Colorado learned a lesson last week? Now, Dion, I don't know. He's talked a little bit, but a lot of it's kind of been in response, and he's used it like some coaches would use it. When Jay Norbell, you know, said what he said, Dion could use that. But if you saw the video that Oregon released the other day, when they had the audio of what the Colorado players were saying to the Oregon players before the game, you know, uh, maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Because that game could have even been worse, I think, uh, that Oregon could have put like 21 more points on Colorado. So do you think that, I don't know necessarily that Dion learned a lesson, because I'm not sure that he talked a lot, but... I wonder how the players are being handled or if they're being talked to about that. What do you think? I Look, I think there's a listener in Texas on the text line that texted in and made a good point, which is Coach Prime wouldn't say anything for the bulletin board since he got herb, curb stomped, humbled mm-hmm. his players too. And I do think probably, out, especially after those videos uh, kind of made the circuit around social media that was put out there by Oregon football about how much smack Colorado had talked before that game, only to get humbled forty-two to six. I I do think Dion probably told his players, "Hey, let's 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 take it a little easy on the trash talk and the smack, and let's just let our play do the talking." Not that's speculation, obviously. Maybe that didn't happen at all, but. Uh, <laughs> indecisive sooner hit the text line and said this is quite literally the only time i'll be rooting for colorado go buffs Um, (laughs) yeah a lot of people feel that way you know what though parker he uh he also talked up respect for dan lanning prime did at least last week before the game uh you know so he he gave some praise to dan lanning it was there was more there that you heard for uh mule shoe so 
I don't know. And, I, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. USC uh, last week uh, was, was a um, – what kind of performance would we call that? Uneven? I mean, they did put 42 on Arizona State, but you kind of felt like Arizona State was hanging around. Um, you know, the defense had some issues. Again, they have been a little bit better. But what do you think of this SC football team at this point? I mean, just in general, what do I think of it? Like, yeah, I think it's the exact same blueprint. It's the mule shoe blueprint, right? Like, it's it's a soft team that gets by on spectacular quarterback play. Caleb Williams is what keeps USC afloat. If not for Caleb Williams, do they beat Arizona State last week? Legitimate question. Uh, It's it's there. There's a couple question marks there, no doubt. It's it's going to be a ball game. Can you imagine? Caleb Williams with this improved Oklahoma defense. Hmm. Yeah, you Very want to talk about you want to talk about a team that would be a national championship contender <laughs> and yeah. probably getting first place votes right now in college football. That would be it. But unfortunately, yeah. that is not the world we live in. Well, and SC man, they've got a tough schedule down the stretch. When you talk about the Pac-12 man, last last go round right here. But when you talk about uh, you know, Oregon looks really good. Uh, they've got SES Notre Dame, of course. You've got USC, Utah, Washington, Michael Penix Jr. That might be the most exciting dynamic offense in the country right there. Certainly, uh, SC and Oregon would be in the mix. But, man, it's, it's, uh, and they've got great quarterback play here's, out there as well. Here's a text you'll appreciate from Leatherneck Sooner, Steely. I hope the Buffs win with a field goal and we get to watch Muleshoe throw a fit on the sideline and try to leave early. I would love it. Yes. Leaving a black SUV, maybe, perhaps. Who knows? All right. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be rooting for Colorado like everybody in the state of Oklahoma. Well, that, that loves, you know, the Sooners will be. All right. We're going to break right here. 405-651-3439. Uh, hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What's your comfort level for the Sooners again this weekend? Are they going to cover? Will there be a little bit of a look ahead to Texas? Let us know what you think heading into the Iowa State game coming up this weekend. We'll get back and get to more of your texts next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you here at Cavens Group. We'll hear from Gary coming up here uh, for a few minutes at the top of the hour. Cavens Group, best in the business of what they do. They are an emergency response environmental group. They do fire response, water losses, mold remediation, crime scene, emergency board up, and they have the best reputation of the business. I see all the awards here, man, in this room, in the conference room. They're everywhere. There's hardly any space left on the wall. People thanking them and them getting honored uh, for the great work they do uh, around the state of Oklahoma. And they also service, of course, uh, as we told you, uh, Arkansas, Kansas, uh, North Texas. They've got a great, great reputation, and they give back to the community, which is awesome as well. All right, uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Parker Thune, why don't we see what people will have to say? Uh, okay. <laughs> From a listener in the 918. Guys, please don't defend Dylan Gabriel and then fantasize about Caleb Williams with this defense. We love Gabriel, despite the haters. Show him undying support, please. No, I, you know, I did kind of feel bad about that because I, I'm a Dylan Gabriel a supporter as well. And again, 
you know, when you're at the University of Oklahoma, you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, evaluated, and uh, that, that goes with every single game. I do think he still misses a few throws here and there that he needs to make. Other than that, I, I thought he's done an excellent job. But, yes, I, it's probably right. Yeah, and look, I'm a Dylan Gabriel apologist, but you have been a yeah you and particularly even last year too, I mean big time. Yeah, uh, but again, like I, it's okay to acknowledge that the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and the guy that's probably got the best chance since Archie Griffin to repeat as a back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner would elevate this team substantially. I, I think that's fair. I think that's honest. Uh, Ronnie Crimson says DG is a dog, but let's be honest here. He's not Caleb and no one is still love DG. There you go. Ronnie Crimson. Um, Yeah. That's a hundred percent of the money. And I think the previous texter was more than anything else trying to say, you know, it's just not reality. So we have Dylan. Let's support Dylan Gabriel. It's kind of the way I took it, but I don't know. Um, there are some sooner fans that have all really kind of just lumped Caleb in, with uh, with Mule Shoe in the same group, and there's the same level of uh, vitriol with, with some of the OU fans. It's not a huge percentage. Most are, you know, it's most of the vitriol is pointed directly at Mule Shoe, but there there are some that feel the same way about Caleb Williams. I just haven't. I don't feel that way about Caleb Williams. Do you? And people can talk about the nail polish and all of that stuff. I just, I, you know, to me. He came to OU for Lincoln Riley, Mule Shoe, uh, more than anything else. And that's why, I, I, I don't know, of course I want them to lose, but I'm still marveled, I marvel at you know the plays he makes. He's incredible. Pastor MC says, I'm predicting right now, USC will lose three regular season games in the new and improved Pac-12. Mule Shoe's defense will cost him just like it did at Oklahoma. Of Oklahoma's matchup with Iowa State this weekend, Bumpy Rhodes says, 20% chance of rain, 100% chance of Sooners kicking tail. <laughs> there you go. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's keep them rolling in. Get your thoughts on, well, anything. I mean, you don't have to uh, directly answer whatever we're throwing out there. Uh, you know, like Cherokee Sooner, he lives in his own uh, brilliant world, right? And always has some great stuff. Sometimes it's related to what we're talking about. Sometimes it's just a brilliant thought Micah, on the text line. Micah from Kanawa says, might be way off topic. Has anyone seen Chandler Jones's Twitter? What the heck's going on with that dude? I'm pretty sure he accused Josh McDaniels of murdering Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, are you following this, Steely? I did not see that. Now, what's happening again? Oh, gosh, I got to go find this. It, he's been tweeted, or he's he sent out so many tweets that I got to sift back through all of all. Oh, my gosh. This is hysterical. Okay, here you go. This is the tweet that Micah from Kanawa is referencing. Chandler Jones, in a series of tweets, like, he's clearly not all there mentally, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's CTE. That's what everybody's speculating. But Chandler Jones is not all there right now. He tweeted out earlier this morning, Josh McDaniels had my twin Aaron Hernandez killed at an industrial park, not in jail. See my Instagram for details. Hmm. 
see my Instagram for details. So he's trying to get more people to go check him out on Insta by using that. By accusing Josh yeah. McDaniels of killing Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Yeah, so something something's not right there. Something's wrong it's, with his medulla oblongata. It's very Antonio Brown-esque. You know how yeah. Antonio Brown gets on those rants every now and again where you're like, what? what is he even talking about? That's Chandler Jones this morning. Yeah, I mean, mental illness, man, it's it's everywhere. And we, we recognize it, and it sounds like, to me, that's kind of what's going on there. Doesn't it to you yeah. look that way? Shark on the text line says, when Mule Shoe loses to Washington, Utah, Notre Dame, Oregon, and UCLA – does Carl's Jr. still get an invitation to New York City? Uh, I would think so. Yes, yes, because it'll probably be he'll probably play well, and the defense will give up. You know, and and they're a little bit better on defense, but it it won't it probably won't be Caleb's fault, right? It'll probably be. I mean, maybe he throws a pick here or something. Who knows? But uh, I still think he's going to be there. Don't you? I, mean, I tend to. It would, yeah, he's, it would shock me if he wasn't He'll there. have the best highlight reel in college football, if nothing else, by the end of the season. Yeah. All right, 405-461-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's keep those rolling in. We're here at Cavens Group on a Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one, 405-579-3113 for Lasher. We'll be right back. All right, here we are. Three men talking here in just a second. We do have Gary Cavins with us here at Cavins Group. Also want to tell you that hour number two is presented by Oklahoma Generator. Call okgen.com, uh, or that is the uh, the place you need to visit them on, uh, on the web, okgen.com. Call them at 405-321-6631. Oklahoma's highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer, currently offering new customer discounts, free 10-year warranties with new installations at Oklahoma Generator, sponsoring our second hour here on Steel Man and Thune. But Gary Cavins is here. He is the man here at Cavins Group, uh, one of the uh, the best businesses in the area, no doubt about it, with a great reputation. So how did you and your wife get started with Cavins, and how did it all, how did the beginning of the dynasty start? Um, it started, uh, you know, I guess it's been almost about 13 years ago, and uh, we started out real small, living off of uh, her teaching salary at the time, putting every penny that I made back into the company, and uh we kind of just kind of evolved into different areas as we grew, and then as we evolved, uh, as we evolved, we went from residential to commercial, and then we went from uh, to big commercial, and then we went from big commercial once COVID hit, and we said, uh, you know, we wanted to change it up a little bit and do it a little bit different. We'd always been in the environmental side and the, the maintenance side of things too when we were doing big commercial and. Uh, we said, hey, you know, look, we w- I want to go. I told her, looked at her when COVID hit, and I said, hey, I want to be uh, doing environmental. It's what I enjoy. It's what I want to do. Um, and uh, she she looked at me and she said, all right, let's do it. So we did. And uh, so we started that process about three years ago, going full-on disaster response, um, water, fire, mold, storm damage, cr- crime scene, and all that with the environmental and everything. And 
Um, we haven't looked back since. You know, it was a process to get here. We, we had to do a lot of training, a lot of development. We had to change how our insurance works. We had to uh, put a huge financial investment into the company, gigantic, to uh, get the uh, state of the art equipment that we needed to do the job the right way. Um, and just uh, uh, like I said, it's been great, and uh, we haven't looked back since. You know, it's interesting. You can kind of get the feel for the dynamic of a place if you're here as much as we are. And it it really feels like a family atmosphere here. I mean, everybody who works here is super cool. I've known Chris Smith for, for a long time, all the way back to high school, and he does a great job with your roofing. But Amanda and all the girls, the ladies here, uh, super nice. It's laid back. you got your dogs here. I mean, it's very professional, but it's also very much uh, – kind of a homey place here too which and that's kind of the dynamic that you guys also give off in the community hey we're serious about what we do we're going to be the best we're out getting the latest training we're working hard we are very serious about what we do but at the same time it's a relaxed kind of a family dynamic here which i think is really cool and i think that extends out to the community as well a hundred percent. You know, it's really important to us. You know, our people work a lot of hours. You know, you got to think that they're a week on, week off on call, uh, and we have multiple teams on call, and we have every single one of us in the office, including myself, is on call. And so we're, uh, you know, we work our normal um, 7.30 to 7.30 during the day, but then we turn around and we're on call, too, to go out in the evenings, in the middle of the night, or in the early morning hours, on the weekends and stuff like that. So we try to keep the environment here upbeat. You know, having the dogs around is great for a stress reliever and kind of, you know, they can take a break and pet Duke and uh, pet the, you know, the other dogs. And, you know, um, even Jessica VT started bringing her dog in and um, and everything. And it's just, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's there you know all the dogs are pretty laid back you know they love to see people they you know and be petted that's their big thing but you know we do we try to have a laid back environment because we want it to be professional we want it to be productive but we also want it to be laid back because we're we're always working i mean we're everybody that works here to a large degree is always on call always ready to help uh, in the time of need um, so we tried to, it, we've worked really hard to create that environment where it's relaxed, but productive, um, professional, and everybody kind of, you know, it's a team. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Hey, you I mean, certainly get team it, and you get that feeling. You definitely get that vibe here. And I know Chris, uh, feels the same way. It's always, it's always a joy to be out here. And I, anytime you have dogs around, it's always better, 100%. in my opinion. You 100%. know, it always is. You can have the worst day, you know, one day, and, and things maybe not be going your way, but the dog's there, and the dog's happy to see you. So that's why we have four of them, all rescues. <laughs> all right, uh, real quick, in about 30 seconds, if people question you and say, all right, I've heard a lot about you, you know, maybe they haven't heard all the radio remotes, but if they wanted you to explain again what Cavens does, how would you explain that again in like 30 seconds? We are an emergency disaster response company that specializes in environmental disasters, water flooding, sewage backups, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene cleanup, uh, testing, uh, fire testing, mold testing, water testing. Um, we are an environmental response team that can come 24-7, 365 to your business or your property 
to help you. That's impressive. He nailed it. Ladies and gentlemen, he nailed it. He didn't skip a beat. And that's why you need these phone numbers, by the way. Put them in your phone and your contacts. Uh, Cavens Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. And again, in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Now the toll-free line as well, 800-594-4437. Hey, and uh, Monday at Center Mall, uh, is Norman Night Out for the Norman Police Department, and uh, we'll have our we'll be there with a touch a truck program, and we'll have our new uh, mobile command trailer out there for to responding for water, fire, mold, big losses. So we'll be able we'll have that on site, and the kids can walk through there and get some freebies and stuff. Sounds good, Gary. Always uh, enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, then I left my iPhone somewhere. It's probably over in the restroom over there, Chase. So, uh, Parker, how are we doing on time for the rest of the segment here? Right. Old man left his iPhone. <laughs> you got about five minutes. Oh, okay. All right. You want to do some texts here? I think sure, I've, got some some new some ma- I've got some new, uh, and, of course, with the flashlight on as well. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, yeah, let's uh, – why don't we get some texts in? I've got some new Matt Campbell on uh, the OU matchup coming up for the next segment. Uh, from a listener down in the 214, that is Texas. I'm in the minority, but I actually want to see OU with a good game manager QB like Dylan Gabriel. UGA and Bama won multiple national championships with game manager QB play and elite defense and skill positions. I want to see OU play good enough everywhere else and not need a Heisman-level QB to reach the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting take. I mean, if you've got uh, that kind of talent, you know, around a, a quarterback who uh, who is kind of a game manager, certainly. I mean, Stetson Bennett was that guy, right? I mean, uh, for Georgia, and you've seen other guys do that with, with Alabama in the past. So, But the Sooners, you know, for a while, again, they were rescued by incredible dynamic highest level in college football because of all the Heisman trophies, you know, quarterback play for a long time. Yeah, during the Mule Shoe era, no doubt. A listener in the 918 requests a Terry Bussey update. Well, if yes. You, if you weren't listening at the top of the 12 o'clock hour, the, the deal with Terry Bussey right now is that none of the staffs have been informed of a final decision from the five-star athlete out of Timpson, Texas. It is Oklahoma, Texas A&M, LSU, Texas and Alabama that are the five final contenders. OU and A&M have emerged down the stretch as the two lead dogs, and it's the Sooners and the Aggies battling it out. The safe money is and has been on A&M, but I, I know the Oklahoma staff was having conversations with Bussy late into last night, uh, and I know as of right now, again, I will emphasize it because I think it's important to understand, there has not been a final decision shared with the involved coaching staffs. So, if nothing else, that is a sign that he's agonizing over this decision and trying to make sure he's making the right call. And if he's sold on going to Texas A&M, that's not happening. Trust me, if he's if he was sold on going to Texas A&M, the staffs would know by now where this thing is headed with Terry Bussey. The fact that they do not know, that tells me, that at the very least, Bussy's having a hard time saying no to Oklahoma. So 
A&M has been considered the le- the leader in this recruitment for a long, long time with good reason. In my heart of hearts, I still feel like he probably ends up at A&M this afternoon. But Emmett Jones and the Sooner staff have made a huge, huge push. And, I mean, shoot, we had a listener in the 580 yesterday text in and say, hey, I got a buddy that knows Terry Bussey real well. And Bussey told him two days ago that OU was in this thing for real, deep in this thing. So the Sooners are fighting. Well, I shouldn't say they're fighting at this point. They're just waiting to hear. But uh, we will know within the next three hours where Terry Bussey is going to play his college football. I expect it to be either College Station or Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, by about 3.45 today, we should know. Uh, unless he pushes back the decision, you know, a little bit later in the day. Who knows? But uh, we're expected to know by about that time. And for Sooner fans, you know, you were not long ago, you weren't thinking this was a possibility. So we'll see. Maybe the Sooners will get that surprise five-star commit today. Uh, that Parker referenced, you know, where you didn't see it coming and all of a sudden somebody jumps in and lands a five-star at the last minute. And it could happen today for Oklahoma. By the way, if you're in your 40s or older, I mean, if you're really part of the olds like me in the 60-plus group and you're thinking about your eyesight, man, is it going to hold up for me? It's starting to get shaky. Let me introduce you to a great concept, and that is the new LASIK. Quite simply, it's lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent fix to your eyewear and your eyes, your vision needs. Unlike LASIK, which, you know, sometimes is going to leave a patient needing reading glasses again or adjusting to monovision down the road, lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional glasses after your surgery. You're not going to need them, and the best part of the whole deal With lens replacement, you'll never require a cataract surgery. Lens replacement, the new LASIK, it's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. That is thenewlasik.com. All right, break time right here. When we get back, more of your texts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. And uh, more new sound from Matt Campbell. We haven't run these uh, clips yet, talking about the matchup with Oklahoma. We'll do that next right here on The Ref. All right, back here at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Tomorrow out at another great place, the one and only Riverwind Casino for an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Uh, we, we we only deal with the best here. On, uh, on these remotes, Cavens is the best at what they do. Riverwind, best casino experience in the metro area for years and years and years and years. And we'll be happy to see Justin and the crew out there tomorrow as well. Our pregame show begins at noon on Saturday. The Sooners, uh, 20-point favorite against Iowa State. The line varies a little bit uh, where you look at it. But basically, the Sooners are close to a three-touchdown favorite in this matchup against Iowa State. And Iowa State coming in with a record of 2-2 two and two after a win over Oklahoma State last week. Offensively, they've been a little bit challenged. Well, a lot of it challenged, actually. Defensively, still the numbers are pretty good. Pretty darn good for Iowa State overall. That's Matt Campbell's reputation 
they are going to play some good, solid defense. But they don't have Brock Purdy. They don't have Brees Hall. They don't have Charlie Kolar. You know, some of the studs they've had on the offensive side of the ball of late. So, And the Sooner defense is playing at a really, really nice level right now. Matt Campbell asked at his presser, why is Oklahoma's defense improved over last year? I think, first of all, they, they got some really good additions into that, that room. I think when you look at, you know, the additions on the defensive line, um, they, they brought in some really talented veteran football players on the defensive front. Uh, those guys are playing a ton of snaps. Um, some really talented young freshmen at linebacker that are stepped in in some critical moments and have played good football. And then they've got some veterans in the back end that have been there. So I think the mix of all those things, um, you know, certainly has helped them really increase. And obviously we know Coach Venables is one of the best defensive minds in college football. So, you know, you, you pair that with a, a great defensive coordinator, a great defensive staff, you, you're going to get really good football. All right. And as far as his defense matching up against the Oklahoma offense, well, Matt Campbell said that details are going to be very important for his defense against that Sooner offense on Saturday. Boy, our, our detail in a couple moments ha- have not been as good as we need it to be, you know, and you're, you know, when you play a team that's going to not only challenge you with great athleticism and a really great quarterback, but then they're also going to challenge you with their tempo. Um, our precision and detail is going to have to be at the forefront. So um, those are things that we got to continue to clean up. And you're right; those are things that have kind of kind of bit us here in early in early part of the season. But again, a lot of young guys playing on that defensive side too that are going for the first time, and we got to continue to grow and get better. There you go. Those are our Ortho Central clips of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman and Midwest City for a long, long time now. Also in the Tri-City area, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, their full-service clinics do a great job treating uh, orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get back there. To the text line we go here. Shark says, Mule Shoe was still wearing diapers and sucking on a pacifier when Josh Heupel, Jason White, and Sam Bradford were getting invited to NYC and winning championships. That's true. That's true. Have you ever been to Mule Shoe? Driven I, through I've Mule never Shoe? driven through Mule Shoe. Don't really Any have interest? a desire to. No, no, no desire whatsoever. Camo Sooner says, well, asks rather, Steely, was Steve Davis elite for those 70s national championship teams, or was he just serviceable? Um, You know, I would say that Steve Davis was closer to elite than serviceable. And I've always said when it comes to underrated players in OU history, he doesn't get mentioned enough. Uh, You know, guys like we're going to have Joe Washington, a little Joe on, getting ready to celebrate his 70th birthday. Uh, what is tomorrow at 1235? And, you know, there were more celebrated players on those on those championship teams. But Steve Davis won two national championships. And I can remember some long runs that Steve Davis made. One against Nebraska and Norman on a quarterback sneak that went about 55 yards for a touchdown. He could throw the ball uh, at a decent level as well. Not bad there. And I think he was a tremendous leader. So uh, I don't think, you know – Elite is is different, you know, when I look at him because wishbone practitioners, you know, Steve Davis wouldn't be at the the level that say Jack Mildren was. Or but he was a winner and he could run that offense. He didn't make a ton of mistakes, but 
for that offense, I would say he was closer to elite just because of how well he knew the offense and the kind of leader he was. But in, in terms of just being a, an elite talent, no. But Steve Davis was a winner. We lost him way too young, obviously. Um, and, and Man, I don't know. Like I said, to me, he's always been underrated. But that's a very interesting question because I, I think most people would say, you know, was Steve Davis a lead or a game manager? They would probably lean more towards a game manager. But I think, again, you've got to be able to read that triple option. You've got to make, uh, you know, make the right play, uh, you know, whether to keep or pitch. And like I said, if I had to say, I would say closer to elite than just serviceable. And I'm not saying that that's like, you know, it's a fairly close call there. But I just think he's underrated. Steve Davis. Mizzou Sooner is checking in on the text line. Good afternoon, guys. Saying hi from Houston, Missouri. Listening while taking my second grade PE class outside to enjoy this beautiful day. Please don't tell my boss. Boomer. We won't tell your boss. No way. Not a chance. We're not snitches here. Don't you worry. Wilson in the 918 says Steve Davis is the most underrated quarterback in Sooner history. I, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. Like I said, uh, a couple national championships. And uh, he, uh, like I said, he did have, he could also, you know, he wasn't uh, maybe quite the runner that, say, a Thomas Lott was or, uh, you know, some of the other Sooner Wishbone quarterbacks. But he was really, really good and a tremendous leader. So uh, here's what we got elsewhere on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A listener in the 405 says, Jimmy Harris and Steve Davis both won two national championships, and neither player was ever named first-team all-conference. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Harris kind of fits uh, fits that mold as well. Maybe uh, just considering, look, they were, they were surrounded by great players, too, obviously on both sides of the football. And if you win a couple national championships, that's going to be the case. But... Um, I've always said when it comes to underrated Sooners, for me, and I didn't get to see, you know, Mitchell play. Obviously, my dad was, like, the biggest Bud Wilkinson-era Sooner football fan. Well, just a huge Sooner football fan, period. But, uh, you know, knew all the Bud teams, and he used to talk a lot about how good he was. But, um, I, like I said, I, I, I do think to call them just basically game managers is – is a little bit of an insult to what they did on that team. Because the quarterback, again, not saying that they're going to be, you know, the best players on the team, but the quarterback's still a pretty important position, right? I mean, Stetson Bennett, was he elite? Was he a game manager? What would you say, Parker? I Was Stetson Bennett elite? No, but my, my thing with Stetson Bennett was, I, I've said this before, I'll continue to say it, why I respect Stetson Bennett so much is because he was exactly what Georgia needed him to be. He provided exactly what that offense needed to keep them atop the fray in college football. And he was the straw that stirred the drink on offense. He wasn't the entire offense like Caleb Williams, but within the context and the confines of the offense, he always did exactly what he needed to do, no less. And that was good enough. He never. What, 
I guess he was a Heisman finalist, but he was never a serious contender for the Heisman Trophy. He was just a guy that did his job and did it very well. All right. uh, You want to get one more, one or two more in real quick? Sure. From the 405, take a look at Josh Heupel's stats versus DG's stats over a two-year period and see what you think. Yeah, obviously a different era, so it's not an apples-to-apples comparison in the slightest. But one of the things that uh, I think is the most jarring when you look back at Heupel's stats in 2000, when the Sooners won the national championship, is he threw 14 interceptions that year. I th- and again, it goes back to my point that Oklahoma fans have become so spoiled as far as quarterback play goes that they look at one admittedly really – bonehead play that Dylan Gabriel made that fumble pass on Saturday and they go he's not doing a good job of holding on to the football and minimizing risk he's got two turnovers this year two turnovers in four games will he turn the ball over again yes he will but I and I I would love maybe I will do some research in the break on this I would love to know how many quarterbacks in college football within reason, within a uh, certain threshold, have a better touchdown-to-turnover ratio over the course of their career than Dylan Gabriel? My guess is not that many. Yeah, be interesting. It would be interesting. All right, break time right here. we got two more segments to go. Don't forget, uh, Terry Bussey's decision, the five-star from the state of Texas, will make his decision right around 3.30 today. We will have the very latest there. Parker's on top of that. Says the Sooners have a shot. No decision has been made. No staff has been notified that they're getting uh, his services yet. So uh, Sooners have a shot. We'll talk about that more when we get back here on The Ref. Longhorn Nation, we're back. Well, the Longhorns, will they have a look ahead? They got the Kansas Jayhawks coming to town. They have Kansas. Kansas has uh, given Texas some issues. A couple years ago, that was one of the great victories in the history of college football, with Kansas winning at DKR. So we've been talking about will Oklahoma, you know, have a have an issue focusing in on Iowa State this weekend? Well, same question. Uh, for Sark and the Longhorns. And Sark was also asked at his presser the other day, uh, hey, Sark, is there there any way you're going to use that loss to KU as a motivation for this team? And here's what Sark had to say. We've come a long way as a program um, and in a lot of phases, you know, schematically, the roster, the culture, the environment at DKR, um, we don't have to go backwards. You know, we're going to keep forging forward, and you know, we, we've got we've got a lot of goals that that we're trying to obtain this year, and we're trying to reach. Um, we recognize Kansas is a good football team, but to try to make our guys feel bad for losing a game two years ago that it, that it sucked for everybody, uh, I don't I don't know what benefit that is. We got to focus on the task at hand, and that's playing this Kansas team because this Kansas team is a lot different than that Kansas team two years ago as well. There you go. All right, Sark says they can't be thinking about it. Uh, what do you think? Are the Longhorns on uh, upset alert this weekend, or uh, do you think they'll be able to take care of business? I mean, that's a 4-0 and Kansas team, and a Kansas team that's looked really, really good at times. They haven't looked really, really good across the board. Uh, 
every single minute of the 2023 season to date, but they've flashed some exciting potential. Jalen Daniels is obviously an excellent quarterback, and Kansas, a much worse Kansas team, came into DKR two years ago and came away with a victory. So I understand these are not the same teams that took the field that night in 2021, but even so, yeah, I think the same thing we've been saying all week regarding Oklahoma in this matchup with Iowa State certainly holds up in Texas's case as well. They can't be looking past Kansas at Oklahoma because the second they get pa- uh, the second they get caught looking past Kansas, well, then you know Lance Leipold and the Jayhawks are going to be sitting there waiting to take full advantage. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's uh, see what the Ref Army's saying. A-Train says it's about fight or flight with Gabriel. When the pressure turns up, he goes into flight and he stops thinking. Bad throws, bad reads. The question is, when will he cost you when it counts versus when he will make the key play? QB is the most important position the offense hinges on, like a fighter pilot. I mean, again, I don't 100% disagree with that. I, I do think, you know, any quarterback uh, under duress is going to maybe show a little bit of panic, some, you know, more than others. Uh, the concern in the game coming up, again, in the Cotton Bowl, is that Quinn Ewers has been there, done that, Dylan hasn't. And he has he has shown that a couple times. Am I completely worried about it? I wouldn't say, you know, that much, but I I don't think that's a totally outlandish uh, take there. What do you think, Parker? Uh, Look, I don't really know that we've – well, okay. We have seen Dylan Gabriel in some legit high-pressure situations, very few in his time at Oklahoma. And, yeah, in those moments he's been a little bit more susceptible – to missing, I think back to TCU and Amon G. Carter Stadium last October, right before the injury, as the prime example of this. But yeah. I, I think Dylan Gabriel, the environment that he's going to step into next Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, will absolutely tell us a lot about what kind of quarterback he is when he's in the limelight, because he will be in the limelight that day more so than he has ever been, not just as a Sooner, but as a college football player. So I'm not convinced that any situation Dylan Gabriel has encountered to this point could or will prepare him for what his very first taste of OU Texas is going to be like. Now, I don't know how he's going to respond. Could he crumble under pressure? Sure. Could he also come out, be cool as a cucumber, and lead the Sooners to victory? Absolutely. But I'm almost, and you know, I, I say this every year about OU Texas. To a certain extent, you got to throw what you know out the window. And I think the same is true in an individual capacity with Dylan Gabriel because he has never stepped on this kind of a stage as a quarterback. And we, were, we are going to learn a lot about what type of person, what type of player, what type of football mind and football player he is when he is under truly immense pressure absolutely and dylan gabriel so far this year's looked pretty good i like i said i don't totally disagree with the last text there have been some moments like yeah dylan looked a little uh i I don't know if scared is the right word but flustered you know 
at times. And, look, if the Sooners do their part this weekend, I think they will. If Texas takes care of business against Kansas, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be the game uh, that no other game has come close to matching this in terms of atmosphere and attention for Dylan Gabriel is this one that will happen a week from Saturday. Uh, even if somehow both teams lose, it's still going to be huge and define a lot of what Dylan Gabriel's career will be like at Oklahoma. And who knows? Maybe maybe he plays a good, solid football game and they lose by a field goal or whatever. But then he comes back and goes to Arlington in a rematch and has a really good game and Oklahoma wins. So it won't be the final word, obviously, but it will be the biggest statement we've seen uh, about Dylan Gabriel next Saturday. But first order of business, got to take care of business against Iowa State this weekend. Cherokee Sooner has a question for you and for us, Steely. Which would you rather have happen? A, Kansas curb stomps Texas. B, Texas rolls into Dallas undefeated, and we're the ones to ruin their season. Uh, I would rather have Texas come in undefeated. And uh, both teams coming in undefeated. I, what do you think, Parker? <laughs> so, sorry, I got I got distracted. Trey Dissident checked in again on the text line, and you know that Uh-oh. among Dylan Gabriel's critics, he is among the most vocal. Can we start I, playing uh, Darth Vader's theme for Trey? <laughs> bom, 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 bom. No, that's uh, when we have John Williams on the show. That's his intro. That one's already that's spoken right. for. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's better for college football, and it's better for both of those programs if OU and Texas are both 5-0 and in the Cotton Bowl. It's been a minute since that happened. It's been a minute since both of those teams were undefeated. I got to do my research. I got to figure out how far back you got to go to find an undefeated matchup between OU and Texas. Anyway, Trey said, "There's more a chance DG gets benched than he leads OU to win in the Texas game." Another wow, listener. Wow, there's a take. There's a take. Another listener in the 405, uh, and this applies directly to Trey. He says, "It sounds like some fans are already tired of winning every game and just need to find something to cry about." Another 405 listener says, these people on DG are ridiculous. These are the same fans that want to fire all the coaches anytime something goes wrong. Yeah, look, he's played great so far. He really has. He hasn't been perfect. No quarterback is. You can go back and check out Tom Brady and find some overthrows. Find a receiver running right down the field that he overthrows. Uh, It happens. But, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, to me, he has missed too many of those throws, a few too many for me uh, to think that, okay, man, it's just everything's going to be great because you can't miss those in games where, you know, um, you've got to make that throw. And to me, I've just seen a few too many of those. Other than that, I think he's been a really good quarterback for Oklahoma. I do think he gets too much criticism. I think his teammates like him. He's a good leader and all of that stuff, and he's having a really good year. That That's my only nitpick take on Dylan Gabriel. From a listener in the 918, I think this is a good text to wrap this segment on. DG is getting the Landry Jones treatment, and it's not fair.
There, yeah, uh, to a certain extent, yes. All right, break time here at Cavens Group. They do a great job, environmental cleanup and uh, disaster response. Cavens Group, the best in the business for over 13 years now. Check them out online at CavensGroup.com, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. In the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa. In the 918, it's 282-7612 and toll-free now, 800-594-4437. Take a timeout right here. One more segment when we get back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, Riverwind Casino this weekend, another big-time weekend. The 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings. This great promotion comes to an end, and there's plenty of cash and bonus play to go around. Get on out there and win your share of 50K in cash and bonus play. Hopefully hear your name called. Go out and have a great meal at the River Buffet. Friday night, of course, is steak night. Saturday night, when they're doing the final drawings for the 50K Harvest Winnings promotion, seafood night. They've got a big-time brunch on Sunday. Many other great dining options there. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Great menu. Really great place to watch the games and some of the... uh, and some of the booths there, they have your own uh, TV screen. Great bar viewing area as well. It is big time. And the newly renovated food court is really cool as well. You won't miss a game there. It is awesome. I was surprised when I walked around after the renovation. I'm like, man, this food court was already cool. It's really cool. Now, uh, you have to check it out. If you haven't seen the newly revamped uh, Riverwind Casino, the gaming floor. They've got an Oasis gaming area, smoke-free. They've got a Skyloft gaming area. It's big time. I mean, Riverwind has always set the standard for a casino experience in the metro area, and that standard, the bar, has been raised. They they were the bar, and they have raised the bar. So can't wait to get out and see Justin and uh, everybody out at Riverwind tomorrow for an OEC Football Friday, Riverwind Casino simply the best. And Cavens Group, the best of what they do. That's where we are every Thursday. Disaster Response Group, they are number one. Not even close. Nobody's in the same ballpark uh, here in the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048 in the 918-282-7612. Also toll-free now as they serve Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, and Arkansas. Yeah, they're that good. 800-594-4437. Check him out online at cavensgroup.com. All right. Um, Terry Bussey decision today around 3.30. Tyler and Parker will talk more in depth about that coming up on Locked In here in about 10 minutes. In the meantime, why don't we try and get a few more checks in here. From a listener up in the 918. Love you, Steel Man. Just don't agree with yours and others' hot takes at times. I I wonder what hot take that's in reference to. I'm not but, sure what uh, – did I have a hot take today? I don't know. Maybe I did. I, I usually have some stupid takes here and there, but I don't know if I had a hot one. But, no, I appreciate that. Hey, we're not always going to agree on everything. That would be boring radio, right? Um you know, uh, like I said, I like Dylan Gabriel a lot. If you ask me, am I 100% sold on the guy? I'm not 100%. I'm about 95. Really? But, um, you know, like I said, we can't agree on everything. Everybody's got their take, their opinion, and that's why we actually have sports radio. So thank you. Kenny from the 405 said, 
Would love if DG was Landry. He isn't. He is Trevor Knight. And that is one opinion that I patently disagree with. Yeah, that that one's a little too much for me. So, look, like I said, everybody's got an opinion, um, you know, and we'll see. You know, the Dylan Gabriel story has there, – there's still some chapters left, right? And so far there's been uh, – you know, there's been some good and some bad. This year there's been a lot of good so far. Not perfect, but a lot of good, and uh, we'll see. Uh, like I said – uh, the next couple weeks, particularly what happens in Dallas next week, is going to tell uh, you know a huge chunk of the story for sure. Mongo points out Bama fans would trade their right arm to have DG on their roster this season. OU fans need to chill. Yeah, like I said, everything will come out in the wash, right? And uh, so far, like I said, I, I'm a believer that Dylan Gabriel, again, is a good quarterback. Uh, the only thing I question, in these big games, can he make the throws, uh, you know, that he's going to have to make? And uh, we'll find out soon. From a 405 listener, is DG the college version of Dak Prescott? Mm. I, I, I no. think that's a, What do you think? I think that's a decent parallel. Decent. I I think both guys take a little bit more criticism than they should. I think both guys are better than they're given credit for. But I also think both of those guys have a very clearly defined ceiling as a quarterback. Right? Like that's I don't think I've seen Dylan make a, a a an interception throw as bad as that one that Dak made against Arizona last week though. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Look, quarterbacks throw interceptions, but Dak has, you know, the question on Dak is can he can he do it when the game's on the line under pressure? And that, that question hasn't been answered yet. Dylan really hasn't been in that situation yet, so I don't think we know yet, you know? Glenn from Nashville says, Trevor Knight, dude, put the crack pipe away. Mark and Blanchard <laughs> says, if Caleb Williams was still here and had DG's same numbers, OU fans would be screaming Heisman. Again, probably true. You look at what he's done. He is top 10 nationally in pretty much every single major category for a quarterback. He has 14 touchdowns to just two turnovers. He is completing passes at a rate of nearly 80%, 79 and change. Folks, if you put Jackson Arnold on the field for the first four games of Oklahoma's season and he puts up those exact same numbers, I promise you all of the DG dissenters right now would be ooing and eyeing and ogling over how much better Jackson Arnold is than Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, it's sometimes, you know, fans make up their mind on a quarterback and don't really change, right? Uh, And look, that's their prerogative, and that's why, you know, fans are fans. They're fanatical, um, but sometimes they're just not going to change their tune. Or maybe they want to see a little bit more. Like I said, let's let the season play out. Uh, DG's been really good so far. Hasn't been perfect. No quarterback is. But let's let the uh, let it play out and see what happens. All right, we do have high school football tonight. Bixby at Southmore, krfsports.tv. Tonight, 7 o'clock. So get ready for a little high school football. Bixby, the Spartans at the Jaguars of Southmore tonight, 7 o'clock. KRIF Sports TV. 
All right. Uh, tomorrow at Riverwind, I want to thank Gary, Amanda, the whole crew out here. They're awesome at Cavens Group. They'll do great work for you when it comes to disaster response. There's nobody else in the same ballpark. They own the business because they're the best. Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Toll-free, 800-594-4437. Online on social media at cavensgroup.com or cavensgroup on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Everybody have a great Thursday. We'll see you.